Hello, everybody. We're so happy to be here, and thank you, Janet Lee. I just enjoy your fingers just dancing all over that keyboard. And people don't know this, but I'm able to sit right here behind you while I'm waiting to come on, and I can watch you play on the keyboard. And we've got a mirror set up, so you can see my reactions, and I can see yours. And uh, we have quite a team here, and uh, thank you, Janet Lee, as a beautiful rendition. And ladies and gentlemen, happy to have you on board. Uh, today we are teaching from the Seven Thunders uh, uh, Speak book, and we are uh, in part 11. And so uh, we're going to be talking some things about, uh, you know, the blip force and the beast and Satan. <clears throat> Some of you people, uh, if you don't have the Seven Thunders uh, book, uh, it's very sad if you don't have it because uh, we're doing all this teaching in it right now, and it is there's no book like it in the world, and uh, you need to have that book if you don't have it. Um, we want to we want to start off like this. I I, I can't read this whole thing on the blip force. But the way it, it goes is like this. We're into the second universe, which is the, like, the second star, uh, which is the second spirit of the seven spirits of God. And, um, and um, it is patterned as being like a church, which comes from the Greek word that really means like a group or a corporation of people. And, uh, and so that's what we are talking about. And these spirits, when it says seven spirits of God, they are each singular, singularly plural. And uh, so one spirit is representing the, you know, the, that whole universe of, of overcoming spirits. And um, <clears throat> we are um, uh, into the second universe, and uh, there is this uh, leader called Gabriel. And um, we revealed to you that he had a son by the name of Lufer, and that these, um, uh, that the whole planet is involved in an invasion. There's an invasion, and they've come to call this invasion the Blip Force. And uh, so the, the, the Blip Force uh, has turned out to be, in a, um, a certain way, destructive. And uh, a very terrifying thing, because uh, the scientists have been trying to check out uh, exactly where this uh, force is located, and uh, it is very, very difficult to locate, and very difficult to find out information about it, and we're going to see how this progresses. There's a whole pile of scientists, they're all doing investigations, and, and they are at this uh, place where it has this, uh, uh, you know, uh, opportunity for all the the scientists and various uh, researchers to uh, bring forth uh, their opinion of uh, of what uh, may uh, be the actuality of this blip force. Now we will be able to see a parallel between this blip force and and uh, other kinds of forces like the forces of darkness and the principalities of darkness uh what we want to make clear to you so that you don't get confused is these stories of the universe 
are clearly told as parables. And throughout the the book of the seven thunders before Genesis, it it tells that clearly. And um, that is important because the to try to convey the language uh, to the extent of its technology and to the extent of, of its difference uh, without putting it into a parable form uh, would make it very, very almost incomprehensible uh, to to the public. So <clears throat> that's why it's in the form that it is now. Uh, still, it has some very interesting and technical parts to it. What we are doing is we, we're, we're choosing a, a, a portion of these scientists. Uh, we're bypassing some of them because we just don't have time to get to all of them. And we're starting off, and these scientists are describing in a technical sense uh, what they think this blip force is. And uh, that will be, I'm sure, um, something that you will want to really get into and blip B-L-I-P dash or hyphen F-O-R-C-E, blip force. So we're talking today about the blip force, the blip force, and then a little later, the beast. So here we go on page 168 of Seven Thunders Speak, Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis. Down in the middle part, uh, Marika, another theorist, immediately flashed onto the track viewer screen. And this is what I was starting to tell you, that there is this particular place they are meeting, and there is this uh, track viewer screen that they can connect uh, to to the person that is um, at the head uh, of the whole procedure. So here he goes. A very interesting delivery, Tanzia. Now, Tanzia was the person that delivered uh, her uh, concept just prior to uh, Marika. However, my comments are for a reply to Jams and my honorable, honorable fellow. And my conjecture is somewhat different than Jams. Now, Jams is another uh, scientist who had made an earlier uh, prognosis. And, uh, and he's also, re- uh, this um, uh, Marika is replying to that. My, my conjecture is somewhat different than Jams, inasmuch as I have been delving into time sequences based on recorded successions of events occurring on Thebo, rather than dealing with Frit particles and wave graphs. There is a sequential delay that has occurred between each invasive action. I ask myself the question, is this delay due to interspace communicative time? If if this is the case, it may be because this blip force is corresponding, and it may be corresponding from inside a phase unit uh, to points of intelligence which are outside the phase unit. There is something about this possibility that tingles my curiosity. Also, I believe the blip force may be a primordial order which has existed in some pocket of our universe and is consequently now moving into our advanced civilized orders. This entity has apparently latitude from a complexity quite different from ours. What I am postulating is the possibility that the blip force, rather than being an order even more highly advanced than ours, may be an order so primordial uh, compared to our technology is unrecognizable to us. If this is true, then the pocket in which the blip force was initiated may not be subject to the same constants that we are. 
That being the case, the blip force may not be able to enter our living part of the universe except via a dual state, which, of course, becomes isotrophic, not by being exported in the convoluted sense, but by being in, imported in the involuted sense of a kind of holographic phototranslation. I propose the blip force's frame of reference may be only for probing, searching, and exploratory actions, and therefore its case of destruction may be of unintentional consequences. Hopefully a point of view will arrive from solid findings to solve this paradox of time and risk. We are in a knot, but I do not believe it is an in inextricable one, such that we may not find a solution. Perhaps we have overlooked a major fluctuation that was large enough to allow gradient forces upon which we depend to be neglected. Otherwise, why does our computer to our 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 compu our comp uh, uh, let me start again here our computer uh mathematics break down as if we were figuring uh, some kind of matrix wave amplitude amplitude or vibrating fields of virtual quanta. All this might be explained by my theory in combination with Jan's theory that this blip force is operating in an inside phase unit which is importing energy by going backwards in time. Understand, when I say backwards in time, I am not speaking abstractly. I am not saying literally repeat history. Uh, let, me say, let me correct that. When I, when I say I'm, I'm going backwards in time, uh, I am speaking abstractly. I am not saying to literally repeat history, but rather I am referring to a matter-antimatter reversal that allows traveling at superluminal speeds. Of course, if this is correct, the blip force could be very, very scientifically advanced instead of being primordial. As I suggested, also, if this prognosis is reasonable, the delays between their interspace correspondence signals would indicate that not only is their main body located at vast distances from us, but also uh, the blip force may be experiencing certain aspects of the overlapping of time. Uh, now, we're not quite fi finished reading uh, this presentation, but <clears throat> you want to listen deeply uh, to this uh, great uh, uh puzzling presentation uh, because it does really cover some unique um, adventure uh, in thinking. And uh, if you could suppose in your mind uh, that, that in Ephesians uh, 6, I think it's verse 12, it talks about th that there are principalities of darkness and that the real war that the human beings have uh, is not just the war of the mind uh, of their physical being, but the very war that even includes their spiritual aspect of thinking, and and that this is a, is a spiritual force, and uh, it it uh, is something that also is involved in the physiological, and that um, if it were not that there were guardian angels like it's described, I think it's the 18th chapter of, of Matthew, that, that uh, protect uh, the, certain angel codes and angel laws that uh, have presented limitations, <clears throat> that any invasive type of force, whether they be a good force or whether they be a, a, a negative force, 
could could uh, get involved in punctuating uh, of notions and ideas and uh, and and literal literal presentations. Uh, if it were not that there were these these codes and there were forces of angels like the cherubims, the seraphims. Um, and and of course, uh, we could see in the Bible, as I showed you last week, how in uh, two or three cases uh, that that uh, Lucifer Satan, uh, he was there in the council of these different meetings, and uh, he was, uh, you know, right there to make his point and uh, give a different viewpoint uh, on what he thought the the uh, uh, the the actuality or or the function or the. Res- resolution of, of of a case should be uh, he was there uh in the book of job he was there in the book of zechariah um, this uh, is an ongoing thing in which he is very much involved still as a um a, as an angel who has fallen but has has not been judged he has not lost his soul he has not lost his hierarchy he still has uh, the power uh, in his hierarchy realm uh, to be involved in all the things that he is doing. So it's very important that uh, everyone recognize that because if you don't recognize that, you're going to lose out on being able to understand exactly what it is that uh, is happening on this planet. So as we as we get into this and on all these different thoughts, uh, it's very, very important that as you as you listen to these uh, these uh, scientists speak about, um, you know, this blip force, you can almost in your mind convert it uh, to things of the future that are going to have to do with uh, w- with the uh, force of, um, of of the principalities of darkness. So it's very important that that you can you know, catch all of that and have that into your mind, because th- then hearing this thing on the blip force will sort of give you some ideas futuristically uh, how that uh, uh, you know Lucifer Satan may come uh, uh, as uh, uh, as uh, friendly aliens uh, from outer space um, and uh, or may come as uh, some kind of of hidden force as though he were from uh, a planet uh, very very uh, far away or even another uh you know s- sort of like universe uh, or or uh, our system and uh all kinds of things are in the future that may cause complexities and you can sort of puzzle in your mind as this is happening in the second universe how that futuristically this could happen in a, in time to come okay now uh let's let's carry on with this we're on page 170 and uh let's read uh let's start it from uh, i pray to god the blip force um have not discovered the whole power of atomic inversion i do believe they are at least capable of use of massless particles that act as if they had mass and the uses of mass particles that act as if they were massless which knowledge may be the trigger that enabled their space voyages to our part of this universe? One of my students has suggested that the blip force may have achieved a capability to be in a kind of out of phase that allows for their invisibility. This idea, of course, being as when light waves are nullified or obscured by other light waves. After all, it was our discovery many years ago that revealed it was the in-phase and out-of-phase effect of magnetism that split its signature. 
into several segments of different kinds of force. Abby is another theorist that's just now coming on. A theorist in vector spaces uh, was next to flesh onto the track viewer screen. I am puzzled as to why my honorable fellows Jams and Makira and Rika seem to insist that the blip force, although unique, is still propositioned to have evolved within the confines of our dimensional space, uh, be it present space or involved space, uh, or even primordial space. I posit that uh, no matter how many mathematical operations of extracting roots to create dimensions are used, we are dealing with dimensionless states of negative energy. What I want to know is how these invaders have mastered being able to suspend the laws of super-repulsion and super-attraction. There seems to be, in my way of thinking, some kind of ghostly imbrication that is stretching its own dimension in space, and for sure dimensions quite different than what we have ever defined as dimensions. Thus, by such stressing, such stressing of other dimensions in space, are space rinks, allowing travel to be achieved at faster than light speeds, because vector magnitudes are merged. It's also possible the blip force has achieved the capability of using energy that turns back any attempt to observe it, that by observing it, a false report is obstructed, and and is sent out as probes, and the effect would be that an image was created that seemed to us to be a a source of light from a great distance, therefore creating a false presentation of actual reality. In other propositions, but of a similar misleading configurative, the proposed intelligent energy being a kind of osmos state is tested as though being composed of a dimensional membrane which can pass through our world because of the membrane's capability to make all the structures super permeable. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, interfere here just a little bit. Uh, this book originally was a chapter from Out of the Holy Manifest and uh, before it was put into a book. And the whole book is just a chapter out of the Holy Manifest, which was written something like 40 years ago or longer. And uh, take note how that all of this scientific uh, information that is written here and, uh, and all of this information about uh, the membrane, this is uh, the latest type of uh, scientific um, jargon that is coming out right now uh, in string theory. And they're big into the into the the membranes, and it's just amazing how advanced that uh, this book is, considering when it was written. Okay, let's go back to our um, our uh, presenter, uh, and the presenter is Abby. <clears throat> Page one seventy two. However, in the process of analysis, it is actually discovered that the reported result is not what is, but shown to be what is not. Perhaps the blip force, being within a dimension unlike our dimensions, has a different coordinate system, to the point a negative vector, pseudo-vector, may equate to an abstract scalar. 
Hmm, abstract scalar. Now, there is a really incredible term that you don't even see much in mathematics. Down at the bottom of the page, 184, it tells about it's applied to abstract reality, uh, where a reflection of uh, space coordinates um, uh, uh, co coordinates a reverse vector. However, such certain, however, since certain components of the vector do not change signs, it is titled a pseudo vector. All right, now back to Abby. Back to Abby. Okay. He's going to skip down here to consequently. Oh, no, let's go up here to this word. Uh, uh, I cannot but think the blip forces transformations would be then of a pseudo vector spaces being left hand coordinate systems which are not reflective. Theoretically, there would be a general gauge of velocity and acceleration with which to equate. Or rather, one would be dealing only with force. This, of course, would create a hypothesis that velocity and acceleration would not in this application be factors. Consequently, such a vector would not l have line segments or common sequential depiction, but rather be a variating parameters or perimeters, which alternate from a matrix to an inverse matrix of self-interactive functions. Based on this kind of insight, the blip force lattice masses would be a constant in constant states of lattice non-lattice lattice transformations as well as lattice to lattice transformations. For example, a closely packed um, hexagonal lattice could modulate to become a vertical atomic line until entering a phase when resonance corresponds as a perturbation and which phase it would begin branching into a different lattice form. The question here might seem to be of atomic stability, but if the blip force is highly evolved to the point its cognizance can move and live in the fluidity of change, then we are truly dealing with an awesome entity that by diffusion can relocate its consciousness in any form and therefore reduplicate any part of it that is in any form. Then Tanzia comes to the chair of the lectern. If you will allow me, I would like to make a direct address to his nobleship, the Honorable Abbey. The light signal blinked and she was accepted. Dear Abbey, I am quite taken and impressed with your presentation. In fact, I am awed. However, I need your clarification. I... Somehow I'm reading that you may consider that the blip force has achieved cellular spontaneity and as such may have reached e equivalence, if not superiority to us. It also seems that you are not relying on mathematics to depict their system. What kind of computational method are you using for making your hypothesis? Or is your presentation some kind of Hyperthel speculation that recognizes no limit. Now the word hyperthal means open to the sky. It means roofless. So it's like unlimited. I didn't use traditional systems of computation, Tanza. This whole proposition 
is beyond our normal methods of computation. I concentrated on letting thoughts of my mind flow, and soon, in a sinfonette, of thoughts was playing in my mind. And in that sinfonetta, each thought personified into a musician, each musician playing beautiful music, appearing then disappearing. I am here, I am not here style. It was from these experiences I believed to be divinely, divinely inspired I composed my presentation. Now we skip down on page 174, and Gabri is given a presentation. There is from the flow of absence, of obeisance, by which lumination we may be transfigured from the shadow of time that is upon us. We now know the shadow we have elected to first call the spoilers, and now call the blip force has jumped to the linear movement of time. At this juncture we do not know from what hybridicity the blip force has sprung. Nevertheless, we are confident that God will soon reveal to us their quiddity. This we know. The evil vine grows out of the same soil that the good vine uses. But beyond that point, beyond that point, dear friends, they part company. Long flung and fangled is the path to the wits of wisdom which can touch, hear, and see the unbesotted reality. We must always beware of the walls we have built about us, walls we collectively had a prerequisite, prerequisite to build walls of reason, thought, which nevertheless may be barriers to the extra-reception and extra-moral insights. And that is not a faint thing to consider, the extra-receptive and extra-moral insights. is quite a bunch to look into. I remember when I was at the bedside of Theodat, my friend, whom our world marks in history as one of our greatest inventors and geniuses. Before he passed into transition, he said to me, If there is anything I would have changed, or done differently with my life, it would be to have spent much more time in developing a personal communionship and relationship with my God. Ah, so... We have the ability to reinforce our faith in a relationship with God this right now. And accordingly, that is what we should do. We must launch our thoughts to be proven, whether they are spiritual or not, on the holy grounds of sacred space. A single act of righteousness instance can furnish the deep cooking pot in which a spiritual consumey if you don't mind me using the French touch on that pronunciation, the consomme can nourish a lexis not bound in the formal logic of simulants. Therefore, let us not scribble in the sprawl of aesthetic communication. 
while there are waiting upper case ideograms at the point of penchant. Our thoughts must own rotation of ideas. Least our thoughts collapse, collapse in on us as would gravity collapse a non-rotating planet. Heretofore is our presentation of knowledge. We spoke many genomes, genomes of insight, yet there always remained hidden veritables. Ah, so I long for those revelations delicately ephedral, spiritually beautiful, and soothing to the sense of perception. Surely there is no subject more profound in beauty than the subject of the love of God. Knowledge can be recital, the definition of love, yet knowledge alone cannot express the action of love. Knowledge is relative to truth, yes, but not all-compassing of absolute truth. This spur of rabblement that has with formant wrinkled our peace must be taught is commotion, is a misadventure. Yet we must not overlook the possibility, page 176, that we could, as Javi of the Troniverse, love these dark hordes, and in our case, dark blips to a new life, that is, if they are potentials for communication and are not just aliens as a disease to us. Now, it's quite interesting here how Gabriel is looking even in this moment of treachery and, and terror of this invasion of an alien kind of force, yet assuring the people that they must not leave and make absence the spirit of compassion and compunction. And this all goes to award the merit to such a great man as Gabriel, who eventually becomes Gabriel the Archangel. <clears throat> Let us uh, com complete. Ah, oh, so it be. Let our actions ascend in guestic muse of mind-forming pose. Dance choreographically until the sole bottom of truth in our mind reels again and again beyond the fall mark of those given to limits. For we must speak no masquerades, no shades of lies. We must be bid from our innermost deep for only the truth to speak. Surely one way or another our universe needs healing needs healing. And if we cannot communicate with the blip force, then we will respond to it as if it were a disease. When our bodies are invaded by invisible germs, we use prayer and medicine because those germs are hostile aliens to us. We have been invaded by the invisible blip force, of which our sense of intelligence at this point leans to the understanding that these hostile aliens must be treated as a disease. I pray, therefore, we may be possessed of health and happiness according to all that belongs to our peace. Additionally, 
I pray for God to heal us from these apparently hostile aliens who, whether premeditative or inadventurative strike, have robbed us of our peace. Once again, we must be reminded of hidden variables, for the whole experience of this episodic has not yet developed. We are sure that God will communicate. He will communicate to our affliction, yet remembered. God does not intend in war as we contend, but encounters ever confrontation with love. Those who accept God's love are made whole. But those who reject God's love of their own accord enter upon the road to vanishments. So then, my friends, let us face the skies of each and every one of these days. For in my searching through a million measured arcs of time, I have found no scientific recordings of formation describing anything comparable to the blip force. Yet I am jubilated because of what I have experienced this dawning. I saw a vision of, of curlicued plaits braided as colored ribbons. These I knew were waves upon waves of thought, given to be prisms of ideas that would, with tangent potential, reveal the course of our deliverance. Nature of itself is full of impetitions. Consequently, there is inherent in our nature of mortalness a tendency of evil. That evil is especially active in the selfishness of the me and what is mine mentality. It places limits on who and what is caring about you. It rarely reaches out beyond the boundaries of the me and what is mine attitude. Such mortalness is deficient of great love. There are many other kinds of evil and dangers that abide in mortalness, and this statement is not saying to trust or risk what is yours by your in consciousness of over-optimistic confidence. Do not be in conscious by your cause of mortalness. No! Do not out of compassion, cuddle a potentially dangerous or wounded animal. Take the steps that transfer to that animal you're carrying help, yet guardingly. For why would you carelessly risk to expose yourself to death or injury so as to deprive yourself or what is yours, and so as to deprive other future needy but dangerous animals or persons that may need your compassion. There is a great beauty in compassion. Compassion is the vital essence of grace. Compassion owns tenderness of heart, is liberal of pity, is benevolent of kindness, owns tolerant patience, writes the book of forgiveness, and in sympathy, practices gentleness and mercy. Surely compassion labors to comprehend suffering and does not dishonor God creation with acts of hate. For compassion and caring are the offsprings of love.
if the blip force turns out to be not a disease-causing substance, perhaps then we can disarm this attacker we call the blip force, communicate to it a message of peace, yet a message that bids it cease immediately intentional or accidental actions, for who knows but what this so-called blip force may be a long-lost matrix from which some great civilization has sprung. Remember this, my friends, about the enemy who is hated. If once you really get to know and share conversation and friendship with such people, they could easily become a brother whom you love. Now the idea here is that there is a sensationalism in the church world and and brothers are calling brothers devils and demons and evil just because sometimes their philosophy or their doctrine seems alien to them. And <clears throat> there's scripture in the Bible and words of Jesus Christ in which he has very, very clearly uh, made it serious when people uh, charge other people with damnation or being uh, of, of a devil or evil forces. And he's made it very clear not to judge one another. That does not mean we do not take protection against demonic forces or evil forces. But we have to be careful that we don't spread this around so that everything, even our neighbors, are automatically demonized. Formidable Rheology, page 178. Now there's a break taken, and um, then Lu Gabriel makes this statement. There is somehow a missing link. We need a whizzo of sharpened wit that could besprinkle this undertaking with a proffer that would be an ad adamant of ideas. We need an exponent, an expositor, who can front a prodigious synthesis, whereby to fix the puzzle of the hither and yon of our paradox. May God grant a fan of flowers to bloom wisdom for the therefore of the and, and of that which is, and for that which, wa which was before, and for that which we expect futurely to hold. Least what we now possess and hope to hold becomes lost by the loss. Although in our pensiveness we muse, we are not adrift, and direction on us. For our wonderment is erified by prevenient accession we have to God. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Lufer, this is Lufer, an intelligent, extremely brilliant individual who, however, eventually in universes to come, this is the second universe. In the eighth universe, he becomes, um, well, um, let me re rephrase that. At the end of the um, second universe, 
he steps up to becoming Lucifer. And then over the universes of time, he advances and advances until in the eighth universe, which is our universe that's here now, he becomes uh, Lucifer Satan. <clears throat> so, stand by. Lucifer is uh, getting ready to... Um, <clears throat> uh, Lucifer, brother, is getting ready to answer Gabriel. <clears throat> My dear Gabriel, surely it is I whom you are speaking of for exponent and expositor. Gabriel, I have no doubt your self-confident spans the voids of space, but be sure it is not because of pride you proposition rather than care, rather than cure. What stone heretofore, what stone heretofore unturned do you bear for a solution? Send me a, a dematerialized. I want to go out as a dematerialized but conscious spore neither matter nor antimatter so that I might test the blip force kingdom. When I have them under my influence, I will pass back the information needed to destroy them. Gabriel, your fearless badge you wear, but your proposition may be superficial because the technology we presently have for rendering such a feat is unproven. Also, your life would be put into a very great risk, and at the same time, your actions could expose the limits of our capabilities to the blip force. Lufer, I speak of a conveyance, not a perfunctionary hitch. Rather, I propose a penetration of our hirsute, I hit you full by which, by stealth of a virtual projection of my mind, for observation of the neuron, volume, functionally, of their synaptic functions and junctions. Gabriel's Prayer. Then Gabriel began to pray. Ah, Tower of Presence, darling glory of God, come forward and franchise us with impunity. Touch us with your immutable and imperishable firm faith. Confer with the angels of your presence to bestow on us bim-bims the power to undermine the percussive shock the blip force has collisioned upon us. On the lanes where we live, in the houses where we dwell, in the hills and Halls and mountains that surround us, in the halls where we meet measure by measure, reveal to us now the ascription put against us by the blip force, that it may be turned to become pathless of force. Grant us immunity to its prerogative. O oh God, most great, overdrawn, Overdraw our senses, indemnify our confidence, pleasure us with your assurance. For surely the animals sleep in dens, the birds nest in the heights, 
but we this now have no pillow of healing for our heads. The stones of adversity upon which our skulls are pressed have filled our heads with pain. Oh, but that the pillow of healing would materialize upon which our heads could rest in kindly gentleness. Yes, pillow soothing of waves, powerful of healing. And then this presentation of Gabriel goes on for quite a while. Page 183, shortly after Gabriel's prayer, Lufer reapproached the Lucutian, Lucutian podium. So then, Gabriel, is it agreed? Do I have the mandate for this assignment? Gabriel, the winds of your words and the rays of your thoughts have not yet even been presented, and you are asking for approval. It is written, the Holy Manual of Life says so. Whosoever does not act on their expressed virtues with expedience blows winds of fire, which flamings die due to procrastinations. Gabriel, well quoted, Lufer. This day I will present your request. Then comes in this other individual by the name of Shro. Might I interrupt this momentous juncture to strum your ear, Gabriel? Gabriel, I know you are connected to a thousand circuits of thought, Shro, but if you have the sacred volume from which to solve our problem, you should immediately deprive us of our apprehension. Several persons began flashing into the locution, locution system, speaking without recognition. Shro, I can say that the words will be larger than Lufer's lofty strain, but I sense a signal of some sort of strange vibration in Lufer's presentation. At least, we all make a descent to impetition. And lest we do that, let us agree to an unconditional election by which our diversities are assured to be acceptable to the divine will of God. Lufer, Shro, you are presenting an expression of dissent to my proposal. Or is there a deeper purport that crashes and clashes of motives? Gabriel, somehow our conversations have taken on an infirmity of language that is precluding the impetus for finding the power of binding and loosening without which our abiding realities will not be advanced. Then comes in another person, chaperone. Okay, Shro and I were at the Amber Research Room, and we overheard a conversation. Lucifer, I'm sorry, Lufer, had with another scientist. I suppose Shro and I should apologize for listening in on their conversation, but time is rushing toward a sub-alternate, a sub-alternate course, and we are very concerned. Shro. I must confess my contrition is not perfect, nor am I composed of an inexhaustible sympathy, sympathy for anyone who would dare, in our emergency, to riddle the air with hypothesizing notions indistinguishable 
from guesswork. <clears throat> and yes, Lufer, I am in dissent of your proposition. Unless you can convince me it is heaven and he unless you can convince me it is a heaven uttered message. Lufer. Shrow you charge is what I have arrogated myself. You charge that. Forbear not to consider the subject here lingers not as to who are the worthy ones to make presentations, but whether who can be an exponent for delivering a solution to dissolve the antecedent germs who seek to destroy us. Was it not said of old, truth is the property of no individual, but is the treasure of all persons? Chaperone. The doubt clouds uh, over me is that your proposition seems to be at risk by taking on an unproven idea to a most extended state, Lufer. Let me assure you of one thing. Your unsparing skepticism invades of ridicule. Do not phase, does not phase my confidence. And this exchange goes on for quite a little while. And then... We get back to Shro, um, because uh, Lu well, let's let's we better go to Lu uh, Lufer and his proposition, page one eighty six at the bottom. We are dealing with we are dealing with realities that vanish and become invisible, when an attempt to make an incorporation of their configurement. In that sense, it is incalculable to configure them using any kind of commonly known method. With my proposal, I would be projected mentally as a kind of isomer ray emulation that takes on transformation projector-wise while maintaining my actual body and its size and shape here locally. Gabriel, page 187. Sometimes it is foretokened that certain acts be initiated that in clearing the past, they will also clear the future. Lufer, you may somehow have upturned a concentrated stone. Our Divine Master never withdraws M's love, M's love from anyone, unless M's love is rejected. To each of us belongs a time and a chance. Shrow. Although to us physical creatures time has relevance, Time is the first domain. Time is in the first domain. Does not exist. Consequently, Alpha and Omega occur at the same event. Subsequently, calculating from the perspective that every Luma member has three positions, four functions can be derived by a minus plus divided by a plus, where the indices minus and the plus are shown as variables, and where minus and plus equal two positions of equal volume, but of opposite energy, and where division equals a third position of an equilibrium. However, when plus is directly preceded by division, it equals four functions, being y, h, w, h, as follows. y as represents place, h as represents was, and w as represents is, and h as represents to be. Furthermore, the square of these functions generate one constant, one of timelessness, y, and three variables of time, h, w, h, being past, present, and future. Such variables must contain an unction contra, 
an unction mortif, mortif, can be produced of complex propagation by using fractal dynamics to make an elation. And then all of that incredible talk goes on. Other scientists get on board, and it continues, and it's something that you should really take the time to read because it's it's very interesting, but we only have so much time here because we have a lot yet to cover. Finally, it is commissioned on page 195 for Lufer to try out his experiment. So it was, Lufer was commissioned along with several other nobles, dukes, scientists, mathematicians, to use their methods as trials by chance. And it was given that whosoever of those commissioned that should first solve the bliss, blip force dilemma would be given the second chief position in the council. The root chair then entered Lufer into the surreal compression chamber after having him injected himself with BV-12 over a period of 12 dons. Lufer strapped himself into the root chair, a chair which parts were engirdled with fibrous strands that veined throughout the huge wall-to-wall reflecting mirror into which the root chair was attached. The root chair was constructed of a conglomerated substance formed out of a nano-vibrationally developed crystalline bulk, a particulate or a particular kind of condensed matter. This crystalline substance was highly sensitive for optical and magnetic image tracings and was enhanced by the uh, nuclearity effects of ionic uh, isomer diffusion. Across to the opposite side, a sensoritron, sensoritron screen relayed holographic vibes by pulsing colors that form tell, telltale images of a kind of virtual reality. As Lufer sunk deeply into the subconscious mode, he began uttering an um, absurd kind of sound from his mouth. Suddenly, from Lucifer's projected vision of mine, a pronounced ray uh, secanted to a juxtaposition of images. As Lucifer concentrated his position to swoo in one of the word line of the blip force, a curve in space appeared which began joining positions of a blip particle in its was and present and future states. Caught up in the riptide of centrifugal gyrations, gyrations, and passing from intrinsic angular momentum to intrinsic angular momentum, uh, Lufer merged into a great energy density. Nonetheless, Lucifer kept repeating, I must not lose connection. I must not lose connection. I must find the master switch. I must find the master switch. Suddenly an awareness of magnetism to some inexplicable way different from various magnetism propounded his being. Unpaired electrons danced in glorified uh, Pavani as a kind of bonded, unbonded, a covalent bonding, as when two ions are supplied by one atom. The unpaired electrons took turns spinning in each one's own uh, parietic moment. In this superconduction of electricity, magnetism was no longer uh, limitary due to the reorientation of its negative-positive forces. With a great clarity, 
it began to dawn on Lucifer that the blip force had learned how to cause any element of energy substance to emit a kind of electromagnetism. The blip force combined electrons of every source to raise electrostatic interaction and then flowed uh, in their dance rhythms and energies of spin switching, Lufer realized. Lufer. This is why they are so undetectable. Then Lufer made the grandest of his discoveries. The, the blip force was not here. It was only their projection that was present, for they were projecting via negative energy into the future a kind of dual presence, a first presence in one place and a counter-presence in another place, quite different from Lufer, who was projecting in a co-terminus time. For Lufer, for Lufer to join the blip force, he must project a double-jointed projection, first by isomer projecting and as being experienced into a present time of the world line, second to deflect from the first isomer's image into another isomer image back in time to the blip force. At the instant of that thought, Lucifer jolted to consciousness by an alarm sequencer that warned Lucifer his body stress had reached maximum tolerance. The root chair turned off, and Lufer slowly regained composure. Lufer would rest and contemplate his next venture before his return to the wondrous root chair. In the phase and idioms of locution, many were the worlds registered of noble expression. But of all this great and unique, abstract, transcendental, and, and ideological uh, uh, presentations, none were more succinct of point, uh, synergistic of harmony, uh, pretissimo of action, and lovely of speech than the purified, uh, purified words of Tudu, the noble poet. And then we'll skip that. You can read that another, another time. Okay, and let's skip over here to um, page one ninety nine. Uh, the the uh, the wide margin paragraph at the bottom. Again, Lufer strapped himself into the root chair, and almost immediately began to enter a subconscious state. Lufer, not knowing the blip force infusion was cycling to a change, began to synchronize into the blip force energy field. But suddenly, Lufer, instead of synchronizing, became contrasted so that Lufer's uh, profile was instantly projected. Immediately, the blip, blip force changed its format to, mim to, to mimic Lufer's uh, form. But unexpected to them, Lufer's synchronized energy effect when combined with their blip force infusion effects, caused trillions of tessellations that duplicated Lufer's form in magnetic spin sequences. To the blip force, it seemed that their projections had been invaded by an alien force of a large and cloned horse, a cloned host. They immediately feared their physical base might be bound and, and then invaded. At the, at the compression chamber, the tessellation effect rebounded uh, isometrically upon Lufer, causing a transfiguration of Lufer's profile. Sparklers fused in the spindorous shinings, imbrications upon imbrications of multicolored rays of light uh, coruscated upon Lufer. Strange as it could seem to be, Lufer, by this event, became the dominant configuration. Lufer, knowing he must act before the next blip force cycle was to occur, 
Double reflected his focus of, uh, of concentration directly to the blip force node of projection. Using ciphers of mental magnetism, Lucifer, com- uh, Lu- Lucifer commanded the surrender of the whole blip force world, lest, as Lucifer put it, he should next release upon them the fury of matter antimatter vanishments. The blip force immediately surrendered, vowing to never enter into uh, Bim Bam space again. The war was won. Several nobles peering for some time into the compression chamber became transfixed as they watched the transfiguration uh, effect upon Lufer, cha- taking him from beautification to beautification. As Lufer unbuckled from the root chair, Lufer's body was aglow, and he walked to the exit. So it was. By this incident, Lufer became the most beautiful bim-bam in all, all uh, Luma. Additionally, the blip force never entered bim, uh, bim-bim space again. Consequently, Lufer's name was changed to Lucifer, and he was made second chief of the bim-bim council. Okay, that takes care of our reading from the, the book. Now let's talk a little bit. Now, some people might wonder why Lufer was the perfected in beauty. When you talk about something perfect beauty, it's a process. Well, this incredible, ingenious idea uh, that he came up with using this isom- isomer uh, approach uh, and all of the context that I read to you uh, was successful. And this huge invasive force um, that could have wiped out the whole bim-bim civilization, was defeated because they were, um, basically, they were tricked to believe there was literally trillions of, of clones uh, of this, of this uh, uh, Lufer person, and they had the power to, uh, to close them down by the release of a, of a matter-antimatter uh, uh, type of release. <clears throat> and so, um, this story is quite profound because what it goes to show is that no matter what the force is, no matter what the principality is, if we can just in our humble minds believe that God can reveal to us matchless ideas, ideas far beyond our capability, Ideas that we aren't even sure of, but we're just following the Spirit. And we can be brave enough to go and get into the root chair. The root chair that goes back, you know, like when Jesus said, I am the root and the offspring. I am the root and offspring of David. Sometimes a person, in order to go forward, has to go backwards. Sometimes for a person to secure himself and to overcome some gigantic force. I mean, who would think that one person, by concentrating and doing an act as, as this, could single-handedly defeat a whole force? But Lufer did. And out of it, he became the most beautiful angel in the second universe and also became a chief officer. I want to pass that on to you, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening here today, to understand and believe you don't have to be anybody special. You have a soul. That alone is special. That, that puts you over all of the 
animal creation and the fowl creation on the planet. You that have come to know God, that puts you over millions of people who have not come to know God. You who have come to believe in manifest revelation and that all things are possible, that even a camel can pass through a needle's eye with this incredible revelation of God, you then have an advantage. And when challenges come to you and forces that seem dark and evil surround you and even your loved ones, you can get into that root chair, that root chair that anchors you back all of the way to when you were an Ophanam angel, that, that, that links you back to all of the good things that you were, and that promises that all those good things are going to come back, and that's, that's the best money in the bank there could ever be. And so this story and all of the scientific information that's come forth from it is all positive and all, all important. And there's many, many other examples I could just I could spend the whole rest of the time just talking about this, but there's a lot of things that that I I want to cover, and uh, so I've I've got to move on here. But in in Genesis, and I've read this to you several times, chapter one, verse fourteen, it says, "And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven, to divide the day from the night." And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Well, it's talking about the sun and the moon. Now, the moon doesn't give light of itself. It just reflects it. So really, it's about the sun. And the sun is a star. And what it's talking about is it says, let the star, let the star be for the purpose of dividing the day from the night, let the star be for signs, let the star be for seasons, let the star be for days, and let the star be for years. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible clearly says from the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis that we as human beings, that everybody on this planet has been set and registered by acquiescence of the will of God and the creators to star time. We are on star time. You've got to tell that to your mind. You've got to repeat it to yourself over and over and over again. We are on star time. When you begin to realize this, and someone says, okay, star time is 2,000 years, a very long period of time. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. In star time, it's, it's just almost nothing. It's not even as much as a nanosecond. In star time, we're talking billions and billions and billions of years. Someone says it's been... 2,000 years plus since Jesus went away. 
And he said he was coming back quickly. And he said that by the apostles that the time of his coming was at hand. Yeah, well, the, I don't, you know, people have totally not understood the revelation and the symbology of hand, H-A-N-D. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teaching evangelists, a hand of God. And that the revelation of being at hand is the disposition that the Bible says the servants of God are the ones that God is going to reveal. The prophets, the prophet servants of God, are the ones that God is going to reveal the seven thunders to. And when the seven thunders are known, the mystery of God will be finished. The mystery of God hasn't been finished. The revelation of God hasn't been completed. The last chapter, last verse of the Gospel of John says, If all the things were written that should be written, I suppose that not even the world would be able to comprehend it. We've got time, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of time on our hand. And we have got to understand that. If we miss that revelation, if we miss that urgency, we are just plain getting ourselves into all kinds of problems. Now, here's what I want to tell you something. In the 12th chapter of, of Daniel, the 11th verse, at that time, and from that time, from that time, that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Now, when a person doesn't understand that there is a special language that God has given, and the reason this special language was given is because in the long of time, calendars are going to be changed. Time is going to be changed. The references to days and weeks and months and years are going to be changed. You get 50,000 50, 50, years up the road. <laughs> you won't even recognize your calendar. You won't even recognize the way that time will be counted. But the way that God put this revelation into place was so absolutely incredible. In the seventh chapter of this twelfth verse, pardon me, the seventh verse, seventh verse of this twelfth chapter of Daniel, it says, And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was by the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and sware to him that liveth forever, that it should be for a time, times and a half. And when that shall be uh, accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. It will be finished. It will be finished. It will be finished. But not until the time, time and a half times. So we have this thing in the 11th verse that there's going to be this taking away of the of the sacrifice, and we know that this happened in 70 A.D. when the temple was destroyed and they could no longer make any sacrifices. 
So from 70 A.D. going forward is when the times, time, and a half times counts. Now people look at these things and say, oh, there's 1,290 days. And they don't understand that that is just a, a, a kind of mathematical presentation as a scenario reiterating the time, times, and a half times. So you got a time, that's one. You got a times, so that's another times and a times. That's three. And then you got a half. So all of these different divisions here that are given, like these days, they're, they're, they're generally representing these times, which are the times, times, times and a, and a half times. And even like when it talks about three and a half years, that is the same, the same, the same number. Times, time, no, time, times, and a half times. That's, that's three different entities describing times. And they're all the same. And three and a half years equals 70 weeks, which in the ninth chapter of Daniel... It very importantly reveals in the 24th verse, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgressions, to make an end of sins. Finish transgression, make an end of sins, to make a reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. It's a conclusion, and it's going to happen. And and we have to understand then that this 70 years divided into 70 weeks, the reason it's divided into weeks, because the weeks represent the Sabbath. And people think that the Sabbath is one thing, but they don't understand that the Sabbath is only figurative and symbolic of the true Sabbath, which was the birth of the Son of God described in the book of, of, of the fourth chapter of Luke, and called the Son of God and Adam. Adam who was the Son of God. So that is incredibly important. You've got to get this. You've got to understand <clears throat> that the weeks were put in there to figuratively represent the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is really about the person whose name is the rest. And Paul says, you know what? People have been... They've been trying to keep the Sabbath, and they've been trying to do all these kind of things. But it says, you know, it talks about another day. And obviously, because it says that, it means that people have not come into the rest. They've not entered the rest. God was trying to, to finally bring an end to the commotion and, and the sin and the disturbances and the evil. And he raised up this person called Noah, which his name actually means rest. And it was all you know, a picture of tying these things together to pre present this rest that tied back into to, to Adam, who had not sinned, who had not committed transgression, but who's been given this bad record that he had done that, even though the Bible says he hadn't. Because they did not understand that he took on Eve's sins. And that that was a, 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 a paradoxical duality of Jesus taking on the sins of the world. 
And these things are so very important. They're so absolutely necessary for people to get this down. And to understand then that, that when Adam died in the day, that they ate of the apple, died in the day, he, he, was, he was 30, uh, you see, he, he, uh, he, he died uh, and he was, he was short, 70 years. He, was, he, he died at 930 years old. He was 70 years short of the thousand, which represented a day. So he died in the day that they ate of, he and, and, and Eve ate of the fruit. And that that 70 years has been given to humankind to live over and over and over again until the fulfillment of this whole uh, three and a half years or time, times, and a half times is fulfilled. And so when we look at Psalms, uh, 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 you know, the chapter 90, and I know I've preached this to you a few times, but I just keep getting people asking me, and, and uh, they, they go over and over and over this thing, and they're still trying to figure it out, and so I just have to take the time to bring these things back in, you know? So in the 90th, 90th chapter of, of Psalms, and the 10th verse, it says, In the days of our life are three score years. A score is 20. So three score years and 10, that's 70. So, and if by reason of strength they are four score, that's 80. It will soon be cut off. So this is not a generation of family generation. When you, you, you get old enough to have a family and have them mostly raised, this is a life generation, a, an average lifetime generation. And so it's seventy to 80,000 years. So there is a fluctuation capability there. That's why there can be there are certain things like in Daniel that allows for that fluctuation, which I will do not have time. Uh, I have I have ministered that. You could go back into the radio broadcast and, and some of the blogs and pick that up. But now let's just real quick again, and I'll, I won't be spending a lot of time on it. But let's let's go to Psalms 105. So Psalms 105 is 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 the secret message you've got to get. You got to get this. You know, in Psalms 105, verse 7, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in, in all the earth. He has remembered His covenant forever. How long is it? It's forever. And in, and in the fourth chapter, I think it is, third or fourth chapter of Galatians, it says He has not canceled. He has not disannulled that covenant that He made, that Abrahamic covenant, referring to this very statement I'm reading to you. It is still, it is still abs absolutely in place. So it's a forever covenant that he made, and 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 it, 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 what is it? It's a word which he commanded, commanded, to a thousand generations. So then, if you have seventy to eighty thousand years being a generation, and then you've got you've got seventy thousand generations, or pardon me, a thousand generations times that seventy. You've got a thousand generations, so you've got a thousand generations, and you've got that time seventy, seventy years or eighty years. You've got seventy thousand to eighty thousand years, and that is so important to understand that that is what represents the time, times and a half times, which is repeated in the months, in the years, because they all have the, they that you you have. You have the weekly Sabbaths, the monthly Sabbaths, and the yearly Sabbaths. 
the land Sabbaths. And the land Sabbath that was the big thing that brought the children of Israel into Babylonian captivity was the fact that they got got messed up uh, on on not keeping the land Sabbath, and that is where your first seventy year penalty thing came up. Okay, hopefully you grab that because I, I I can't I got to just keep going. I've just got so much to cover that I I uh, I want to get into here. Now. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, the blip force more. I want to talk about, uh, you know, the human being. I talked last week about that, you know, we're beast. Bible says that in, in, in Ecclesiastes. I pray that God would manifest man, that he would understand and discover that he is a, he is a beast. Now, we also find out uh, in the Bible that... Uh, that we are called worms. Job seventeen fourteen twenty five six. I mentioned this I think last week. Says I am a worm. David in Psalms twenty two six says said uh, I am a worm. Uh, Isaiah forty one fourteen says that uh, uh, speaks of the worm uh, Jacob, and um, uh, you know these these are just all important things to understand. That that there are terminologies that are not going going to go away because in the end of everything, the resolution of everything, it talks about being people that are disobedient being cast into hell, where the worm never dies, and you can you can read that in the sixty sixth chapter of Isaiah, and Jesus spoke those very same things, so there we see you know that that uh, point that is made, which is uh, re- really really quite interesting. And then you discover as far as this thing with fire is, there's all kinds of fire. Uh, you know, you can just read all these different kinds of fire. Revelations 1.14, uh, Revelations 2.18, through 8, uh, uh, you know, 13.13, through 20, 29 through 15, 21 and 8, Matthew 18.8, Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen. Go play that back on the tape recorder uh, of the broadcast. Get those scriptures and read them and see all the different kinds of fire they are. And there's the Holy Ghost in fire. And and uh, so when we talk about burning in hell, it, you're you're a spirit cannot burn. You cannot burn a spirit. So no no spirit is going to be in hell suffering from burning in the flames of of hell. Uh, as far as it being a fire type of, of burning, it could be a burning of the consciousness, consciousness, a burning of the of the guilt that a person would have, and, and condemnation. But it can't be like you're burning on fire and your body is burning up and and you're just in the pain of it. In that sense, that is a false teaching. That is not true, and so that is very, 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 very important. We talked last week about how that that uh, Lucifer is the ruler of this earth. Second Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this world, he is called. Uh, Ephesians 6.12, rulers of darkness of this world. Um, Galatians 1.4, deliver us from the present evil world. Uh, Revelations, uh, you know, um, it, it, he has given the key to the bottomless pit. Um, Revelations 11.15, uh, later, the kingdoms are, uh, of this world are taken away from him and, and they become the world, the, the kingdoms of Jesus Christ. But the very fact that that happens proves that he has been in charge 
the the world has been his kingdom until Revelations eleven fifteen, when the kingdom is taken away from him. We also went over this thing about the the temptation in which uh, Lucifer offered to Jesus. You know, I, I can give you all the world. This is all mine. I can give this to you if you'll fall down and worship me. Jesus said, "You can't tempt the Lord your God." But but he didn't ever deny that 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 Lucifer ha- did not have that power. Because Lucifer did have that power at that time. Lucifer knew it and, Ju- and Jesus knew it. Lucifer, Satan. Okay. So these are very, very important types of things uh, to understand. We need to understand things about terms like ever, uh, you know, forever. Uh, like the Bible says, forever and ever. Now, if forever was an ultimately uh, never-ending uh, time uh, that never repeated itself you wouldn't need to have a second ever so it says forever and ever <laughs> but the fact of the matter is is terms like forever evermore everlasting eternal uh basically according to the hebrew dictionary 5769 hebrew dictionary 5769 what that actually means is it's the vanishing point it is not comprehensible it is time out of mind concealed without end so it means that it is inconceivable for your human brain to to understand the length of how long that uh, eternal could be or how long that evermore could be or forever and ever could be you just can't phantom it is such a great stretch of time but it is it is not it is not saying that then uh that then um uh, that 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 uh, there is an end. In fact, in uh, 5769 of Hebrew Dictionary, it says without end. It does not end. It does not end. It does not end. And so we see that in Matthew 24, when Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he shows them that there's going to be wars and, and rumors of wars. There's going to be famines. There's going to be all these destructive type of things. And that that the buildings of the temple, which was what they were talking about, is going to be not left one stone upon another. That Romans, the eagles, are going to come in. They're going to invade. They're going to destroy the property. They're going to take people's slaves and kill the people. He showed them this. He says, this is not the end. It's not the end. What he said, this is the beginning. The beginning of what? Well, in in the twelfth chapter of Daniel I read it to you. That at the end of of the destruction of the temple, seventy AD, that at the end of that, that is when the whole new dispensation begins. That's when the time times and a half time begin the 70 A.D. period. That is the beginning of the new dispensation, which is the thousand generations of 70 to 80,000 years. That's star time, ladies and gentlemen. That is star time. Now, I, I have people say to me all kinds of things, ask me all kinds of questions, and sometimes I feel a little bit unfair for some of the other people that... Um, haven't had a chance to be told these things, so I'm going to try to catch up a little bit if I can. Um, uh, people say to me, well, did all of the 
whole trillion angels, did they all of these angels all make the same mistakes and, and then were all cast down? And I would say to him, no. There was this second in command who was, was not a, a, a full-fledged arch, archangel yet. He was an archangel elect, and his name was Dominius. And I've had people come to me and say, you know what? I don't believe this kind of stuff you're telling because I checked it out and Dominius is not in the Bible. And I said, well, I'm sorry, sir, but you didn't check it good enough. And I said, sir, are, 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 are you a, a scholar? And he says, well, no, I'm not. But I mean, I can sure check to see if a word's in the Bible or not. I said, no, you really can't. I said, you see, the word Dominius is in the Bible. But you see, you have to understand that the the Bible that we have today in English, one of the translation forms that it was translated out was the Latin Vulgate. The Latin Vulgate was one of them. So when you go into the scriptures and you read it in the in the Latin, uh, you discover that Dominius is in there. And there is even a story about Dominus in there, actually in the Bible. Like, for instance, Isaiah 124, which says, Because of this, the Lord God of hosts, and it goes on with some things, uh, that in, the, in the, the, uh, the Latin Vulgate, Propitur herhet Dominius Dius Exorcitium is the same thing as because of this, the Lord God of hosts. So if you just take it back to the language, uh, you know, some of the original languages, context that they came out of, you will end up having those words that have been translated into the English. And so when you read something like the Lord of hosts, you may not realize that the name Dominius is in that. But those are the original words that belong to the text. And they brought it forth in the English sense instead of keeping the name, even though it would seem to be a foreign na language uh, name. But many times, like you take a name of a person, say a, a, a Russian premier or, or someone like that, they don't translate that name into English. They leave it the same so that you can understand uh, that that is the Russian pronunciation of that name. And it could and, sh it could and should, should have been done that same way with the name Dominius because that was a profound name. And, and it is used in different ways. One of the things Dominius uh, Tecum means is the Lord will be with you. And that is a really, really well understood uh, thing uh, that was said in the days of the Christians, of the early Christians. And, uh, but there was other kinds of, of uh, uh, things that were revealed there in which, um, you know, there... Uh, we can find that there was even uh, angelic councils uh, in Psalms 89, 7. Uh, when you uh, do the right uh, uh, translation, let's see, let me move real quick in the, in the Bible here to Psalms and uh, just read the MIV on that. Um, and and th that's uh, Psalms 89. Uh, if I got the right one here, I think I do. Yeah, 89. Here we go. And uh, so, you know, here's, here's uh, what it, w it would say. Um, uh, and there's two parts here to it. Uh, the uh, eighth, ver uh, let's see where it is. At, uh, the um, ninth verse says, O Lord God, who are the strong lords among you that 
that uh, uh, faithfully surround you. And then it talks uh, in uh, another verse, uh, you know, it, it talks about um, that um, it says, and in the council of the angels, God is reverenced. Well, when you read that in your King James, it will say, in the council of the saints. But um, it isn't the proper translation because contextually of what the subject contextually is about. And so you have the council of the, of the angels. As you start putting all of these various uh, translational things together, uh, along with with the the other discoveries of ancient language uh, bits and parts, uh, you begin to get a whole new story that is so refreshing and so beautiful, so beautiful. Now, let's let's read something uh, then and understand that yes, there's other angels. And what did Dominius do? Well, the thing that got Dominius in trouble wasn't that he did the same sins that the other angels did, but he de he decided. Uh, and he was one of the first ones to see what uh, Lucifer, Satan, was doing <coughs> in in taking power and extending his his uh, what he felt was his right. And and keep in mind, Dominius was very um, uh, purposely interested because he was the the second in command elect. He was elected to be the second in command. He just hadn't finished it. In case you don't think that that term, uh, angels elect, is a real word, it is in the King James, 1 Timothy 5.21. It talks about elect angels. So anyway, let's go on with this. So he decided to, to, uh, to his angels, and, and, and uh, now, uh, although he was not a, uh, a finished archangel he was an archangel elect and that gave him uh you know the same uh rights but except uh, only to the extent that he was to an extent which was to an election so he had co-owned with him uh angels elect that were co-owned with him so he had you know legions of of angels uh and he and his his legions and some of the other ophanim uh they uh, decided to come to war against uh, against Lucifer, and that was absolutely, totally against the will of Yaviel, totally against the will of the angelic council, and and in fact there was only one angel group that was that was uh, voted by the council that would that would be considered uh, uh, right to to go to war against uh, Lucifer, and that was Michael the archangel of the seraphims. Uh, he would not he would not uh, use, of course, any of the ophanims because they were all under this this condemnation thing. He would not use the the cherubims because. Uh, Gabriel uh, uh, was the, the the main archangel there, and and uh, Lucifer um, uh, in in the second uh, universe had been his son as Lucifer, and besides that, uh, there's more to it than that. Uh, um, uh, there are many other reasons we could put together why uh, they would not did not want 
the the cherubim uh, to to be involved in this war because of of those because uh, Lucifer himself was a cherubim, and and so then what did that leave? Well, that left uh, that left um, uh, Gabriel. Well, in the twelfth chapter of of Daniel, it says that that Lucifer was assigned to overwatch the children of God. That was his assignment. He stood. He stood up for the children of God. And, and you see where in Jude, uh, he stood against uh, Satan for the body of Moses. Uh, you, you see in another place in Daniel where, where he was active. Uh, that was his job. So now what I'm getting at is if I had the time to show you, I would be able to show you that, that, that um, uh, there is more to it than that. That uh, in Isaiah 63, 9, uh, there are two meanings of angel of the presence. One is your spirit, and that is your personal angel of the presence. That is the, the angel guardianship of yourself, your own angel. But you also have, the Bible says in 18th chapter of Matthew, you also have a guardian angel, which is the angel of your presence. Someone assigned as the angel of your presence. So the angel of the presence uh, that was assigned over, uh, you know, uh, and when we say over, it doesn't mean in charge of, but to be a caring angel about uh, the father and, and, and Yaviel was Michael. And so he was the, the angel of the presence, sometimes called the angel of the Lord. So you can read in, in, in 63.9 uh, how that works. Uh, you can see it in Revelations 12. You can see it in Jude. You can read about the angel of, uh, of the Lord in Ex- Exodus um, fourteen nineteen, uh, in uh, Hosea twelve four through five, in Malachi three one, and in Acts twelve eleven, and and you can read some of these and see that that uh, the Father's house is not where the Father is right now. The Father's uh, Father is in uh, in Orion. Uh, at 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 the uh, the living realm of Michael, the archangel of the seraphims, and the reason for that is because of this next scripture that I want to read to you, that is in Ephesians four eight. So if you turn to Ephesians four eight, and you'll see something very very important to understand. Uh, it was quite um, uh, you know a per- perplexity. Um, about uh, what what was to uh, to happen uh, and what how it was to happen when it was decided uh, that there they were to uh, send um, that they were to that they were to send uh, some of the uh, offspring of of Enoch uh, to the father's house uh, because the father's house while a physical planet still was the home of the father. So uh, they couldn't exactly uh, send the human beings there to be in a constant living presence of the father because if they that would give them an advantage and it would not be the same uh, of the overcoming that all the rest of the, of the Ophanims were experiencing. Plus, uh, they did not want to put them into a different kind of body uh, and that was a, a problem. It had to still be a total human body so that, that this whole thing of, of falling into matter on the earth would still be parallel. 
So here's what the Bible says was the answer. Here's how, how, how it was solved, you know. And this is in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And and uh, and it's speaking of uh, of of the Lord, um, and it says, verse eight. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto the men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fulfill all things. Now. Here then is is a very strange thing. Why, <clears throat> when there's scripture that talks about uh, Jesus coming and setting the captive free, why would we have a verse that sounds so totally different from that? Instead of coming and setting the captive, the prisoner free, he takes the cat, those in captivity, and 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 he ta- you know he takes the captivity captive, uh, and they remain captive. Uh, so why is there in one place where he is setting uh, the prisoners and the captives free, but in this particular instance, he is keeping them captive? Because the scripture is referring to the the incarceration called the Tartaru uh, uh, effect in, in, in the, the book of Peter, in which uh, the, the angels came down and they had to take uh, bodies of matter physical bodies that had molecular chains, uh, uh, you know, molecular and, and atomic chains chains in which they became encapsulated in these bodies. So they were captive in those human bodies. So when Jesus moved them, he had to keep them in those same kind of human bodies so that they were captive uh, uh, the same as in their captivity. So he basically moved them and as it says here, captivity captive. So he, he moved them and gave, he gave the gift of life unto them by keeping them from being destroyed by the flood. And he took them to, to, uh, to um, uh, Artura and the father's house. And so there they are. And, and they, have, they have done fantastically. They are the, 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 the offspring of Enoch. Uh, and there's a lot of offspring that it mentions. Uh, the children of Methuselah, the children of Lamech, all were, were relatives of Enoch. And they were taken to the father's house. The father was <clears throat> not there, <clears throat> as I have ministered many, many years in the past, but was taken uh, to, uh, you know, to be with the angel of his presence. And, and that is where he is with Michael. And Michael is very active, standing up and doing many things uh, that are all connected to this angel of, of the Lord. And, and so it's a beautiful, incredible story. Uh, it makes sense if you can understand it. And you can understand it if, uh, if uh, Lufer can understand by faith to, to uh, defeat the blip force which just seemed like a, a an incredible force beyond anything they had ever experienced before, and yet he you know, he got into the root chair, and, and so the, with this ministry today we're calling you to get into a, the root chair, and, and and there was you know this is part of of getting into the keys to the kingdom, because you've got to get into the root to know go all the way back to who you are and where you came from, to understand that you're part of the morning stars, 
and understand that's why we're we're into a, a star time uh, uh, scenario uh, that is given right from the beginning in the book of of uh, Genesis, and why that this whole thing ties together uh, to the very thing of star time, which is an everlasting kind of a gospel. A never-ending kind of revelation, and when people start thinking that everything's got to come to an end, and they're you know, and they're they're getting into words like "behold, I come, I I come quickly," and they don't understand that that word would it was far better served to be translated "behold, I come suddenly." Now, when you say "I come quickly," it it in it endorses a time value, but when you say "When I come suddenly," it does not endorse a time value. It just says that whenever it happens, it's going to be sudden, and there's a major big difference. And so, as people begin to come into this revelation, into this understanding, begin to see this truth, begin to feel this truth, begin to live this truth, and this whole story, which is so gigantic, and, and I, I I've hardly even begun to tell the story. It is so huge. It's, it's so it 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 captures every page. People say to me, "Well, I know these things are not in the Bible. Just be careful what you say, because almost everything that I have written uh, uh, is in is described in the Bible. It's just a matter of being able to dig it out, and put it into the scenarios that that correlate uh, from <clears throat> from all of the connectedness." Uh, that is available in the Bible for it to be connected, and then to show that these things are are actually real substantive revelations, and 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 that is what's happening to you people now as you're listening to this ministry, as you're you're coming into these uh, beautiful, incredible, uh, you know, insights. Uh, you, you're you're being changed from from the brain. Uh, uh, what shall I say? I don't want to say that you've been brainwashed, but I mean, it's almost like that. Some people have just almost been brainwashed with these ideas and they, they can't hardly, you know, get those out of their mind. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, dear ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is an exciting, wonderful moment, uh, that, that, that God is doing on earth for his people. And uh, he is uh, bringing his people in the, into this revelation of of knowledge in in such a wonderful way that that uh, people are beginning to see things that they never even dreamed that they could see before. Now, let's real quick go over to the twelfth uh, and thirteenth chapter of Revelation. Um, in the in the twelfth chapter of Revelation, um, here is uh, what we are looking at them. I see I'm really running on time, but we'll just uh, cover as fast as we can, as good as we can, as easy to understand as is possible. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. Now here's a case, and this is many uh, often used in the Bible, it's frequently used, in which uh, a, a, a personification is used to represent, singular, in a singular sense, a plural sense. So we have a woman here, and when you really follow the, the, the continuity of the story, there's this singular woman, but after she falls to the earth, she actually becomes representative of the church, a whole group of human beings. And, and, and then we, we have many stories like that. And we see that, um, that this, this uh, uh, woman is clothed with the sun and, and the moon under her feet, uh, which ties right back to star time. In, in the in in the the book of um, of Genesis, uh, 
the, the people that are into this revelation, that are not clothed with the sun and clothed with the moon, which, which is the time, times and a half times revelation, they, can, they are not going to be able to understand the Bible. It's going to be out of sync. It's not going to coordinate. It's, go, it's going to produce people like we've got today that are making false prophets, prophecies, people that are, are sadly, innocently trying to believe what they seem to think that the Bible is saying and what the Bible in many ways does seem to be saying. Uh, and, and that is because, you know, they have not come into the knowledge of the Lord that will lead them into what the real truth and the breakdown of the, of the Bible is. So I've, se- I've seen where there's several different churches and they, they, they go on this thing where, you know, it, it's precept upon precept, word upon word and line upon line. And they think that's all. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's that's our church. That's our belief. That's what we do. Yeah, we're precept upon precept. We're we're line upon line and 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 we're word upon word and and they don't read the rest of the Bible. The rest of the Bible right with that saying is so that they will fall backwards and be broken. And so we got people that are that ha, that have, have taken the word and they have separated it line upon line, precept upon precept, you know, a word here, a word there, and, and have put together their philosophies and their doctrines and their concepts. And because they have done that, they have missed the showboat. They have missed the reality. They have missed the glory train, and and, and they have totally missed. But this woman that was in heaven that fell. She was clothed with the sun. She was clothed with the, with the moon because those were the lights that are mentioned in, in the book of Genesis that I read to you that, that says that our whole planet is on star time. And, and they were on star time. They were here in the universe on star time. And that is a great expansive period of time. So you need to understand that you've got to get into this woman clothed with the sun again into star time to understand the, 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 the mystery of the time. And until you know the mystery of the time, and that's why we call this book, this book is called The Seven Thunders, before Genesis. And, and when all those seven thunders have sounded, the mystery of God will be finished as it is revealed unto the servants, the prophets, the Bible says. Now, just real quick, let's go to uh, uh, chapter 13, and we have another similar kind uh, of, of example. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon the ten horns, ten crowns, upon the, the heads of the names of the blasphemy. And upon the heads, the names of blasphemy. And the beast that I saw, and it describes these four different kinds of beasts because they actually represents the four kinds of humanity. And and we see that in the 10th and, and, and first chapters of Ezekiel of the four kinds of humanity. You see that in the book of Daniel also. And so here we have a singular that is actually a plurality. A, a, a dragon, a, a beast that is actually a plurality. And if you don't come into the plurality of the understanding of it, then you miss the whole boat. If you make it only a demonic force, you miss the fact that it, 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 it has these four different kinds of beasts and, and from which it is composed of. So that the, the beast is really, that is coming out of the waters, according to the 17th chapter and the 15th verse of Revelations, is, is the waters represent the people. So this beast is coming out of the waters, it's coming out of the people. It's the, it's the human uh, 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 animal inside of man that it speaks about in Ecclesiastes. I pray that God would manifest humans and mortals uh, so that they would understand that they themselves are beasts. So a lot of the blame 
that's, that people are putting on, on uh, Lucifer Satan actually is just human beings and an animal. Now, do not think for one second, for one split nanosecond, that I am trying to make a good case for Satan. Uh-uh. No, I despise that evil force and person. But I know that if we do not come into the recognition of all the parts that play the way they're supposed to be playing and assign to the things what are, are supposed to be assigned to them and, and put, you know, impetition where it belongs, put the animal beast where it belongs, put the forces of Satan, what they are really doing and how they use this weakness of man and, 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 and this uh, uh, animal nature of man uh, to their own uh, uh, advantages. Uh, but if we don't understand the proper placement and how this goes, we're going to miss the whole story. We're going to miss the, 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 the true writ, the true revelation. Oh, I guess I have run out of time. Uh, I, I, I did not finish this. We have to go on next week. We have to finish some of this. It's so important. There's so many things to talk about. You know, there's, there's Aziel. We need to talk about Aziel, the dragon, the great serpent, the beast, Abaddon, Polyon. We need to talk about, you know, the Watchers, and we need to talk about, you know, uh, so many other things that are so interesting, so full of light, so full of revelation, so ready to make us stronger than ever before in the revelation of God. Ladies and gentlemen, next week god help us we'll expand this some more we'll keep it going next week will be part 12. i want to pray and, and i want to invite you people to to please please get on this series that i've done with tesla on the blogs i am getting all kinds of people investigating this of the highest orders uh, of knowledge and intelligence and, and there is something happening. And you need to be expanded in your mind. You need to be open. You can, you can beat the blip force. If there's anything on those, those blogs, you say, oh, this is just too much for me. Rebuke that and say, get behind me, uh, blip force. Get behind me. I'm going to go after this blip force. I'm going to find what the revelation really is. I'm going to open up the secrets. I'm going to discover what this Tesla revelation is about. I want to pray for you out there now. And I want to uh, thank you people that have, you know, given regularly. Uh, you know, it's, we're still getting very small amounts, but everything you've done is so appreciated. God bless you so much. I do sincerely thank you. I want to pray for you that are, that are sick and suffering and pain. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. I ask you now, Lord, to reach out with your holy power, with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, with the anointing to these people, God. May the vibrations of the sound of my voice begin to enter through the ears of the hearers and the listeners. May it enter into the body and may it give voltage to the hormones and to the neural networks of the, of the brain and the whole body to be sensitized with this energy of God and their bodies to be healed and made whole and all the 
forces of, of sickness and all the forces of pain to, to be absolutely just vanished from their body. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, God bless you. We love you. God bless you. Good night.